Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Greatly appreciated for all the support. Uh, it's, I can't say enough, I really can't. Uh, this month has been the best month yet. We're only six days, almost seven days in to November, and it's been a wild ride. A lot of the boys have put in a lot of work, you know, a lot of recording, a lot of research for all this you know, content we've put out there, just managing the social medias and stuff like that. It's not easy. So it is greatly appreciated. We do thank everyone out there for, you know, just tuning in. You know, even if it's just for one episode a week, it's it's greatly appreciated and uh, we don't overlook that. But in this episode, I have a lot of interesting things to talk about because this is another movie review. Now, Caden should be here with me, but obviously due to in-week scheduling with school, I don't want to like hold him up too late, but um, I know he enjoyed this movie, thought it was Definitely above average. I think I can speak for him there. Um, this is a movie called The Little Things, featuring Denzel Washington, Remy Melek, and Jared Leto. According to the tomato, uh, Rotten Tomato, um, you know, obviously one of the most kind of known, critically acclaimed websites. I think everyone knows what Rotten Tomatoes is. They gave this movie a 45% on their tomato meter. The audience gave it a 67%. Uh, I'll get into like critic consensuses and what what the audience says as well but i want to get into some of the you know production aspects of this film um this was obviously rated r a mystery thriller crime drama yeah that's kind of all you really need to say with the genre there um very suspenseful but also eerie but like kind of a vengeance type of story you know um directed by john lee hancock Produced by John Lee Hancock and Mark Johnson. Written by John Lee Hancock. Release date was January 29th, 2021. Uh, The release date for streaming was January 29th, 2021. I believe this was like dropped on Amazon, I believe. Um, Box office gross in the US, only 14.7 million. Runtime of a little over two hours. Distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Production company Grand Via and uh, Warner Brothers, and a sound mix was Dolby Atmos and Dolby Digital, and the aspect ratio was scope 2.351. Getting into the movie information or summary, um, Deputy Sheriff Joe, aka Deacon, joins forces with Sergeant uh, Jim Baxter to search for a serial killer who's terrorizing Los Angeles. As they track the culprit, Baxter is unaware that the investigation is dredging up echoes of Deke's past, uncovering uh, disturbing secrets that could threaten more than his case. Um, This is kind of like a... How do I say? Like, a very thought-provoking film with, like, moral dilemmas and, like, I guess your moral compass. Like, would you do a bad thing to help a good person type shit? Um, I think I can just kind of break it down by the characters in all honesty. I just, I want to shout out, um, Terry Kinney, guy that played, uh, God, what was his name in Oz? Tim McManus in Oz. Shout out to Tim McManus. He was in this film. He got old, man. He aged, but just love seeing him in these types of projects. Um, just kind of under the radar movies in my opinion. I remember when this movie came out, like I saw the trailer. I was really anticipating this because I love Denzel Washington. He's in my top three. Might be my favorite actor of all time. He's a stellar performer and genuinely puts everything that he has into each character. 
no matter how good or bad the movie is, he is always a reason this movie is good, or a movie with him in it is good, or memorable. Uh, he carries this film for sure. Um, I don't want to get into Denzel just yet, because I really did like his character, uh, Joe Deacon, in this film. Uh, Jared Leto played Albert Sparma, a fucking creepo who, like, genuinely was obsessed with crime and had a police radio and shit in his apartment, but, like, we never actually saw, like, or confirmed that he is the prime number one suspect. Um, He definitely did not make it easy for you to be like, okay, this guy probably is just fucking with these cops because they already fucked with him and he's just kind of... He, if you actually, like, watch the movie, which I recommend you do, um, Jared Leto's, like, past his... Albert Spar- uh, Sparma's character in the past, he actually got arrested and then was, like, lying to the police. So his credibility is next to none. He just really apparently likes being cro- close to crime scenes. And there was an interrogation scene that was actually really fucked up where his character was, like, just playing along with um, Jim Baxter, played by Remy Melik. And they were just kind of going back and forth. And Denzel Washington's like, can I come in? And, or Joe Deacon's like, let me come in. He comes in, brings a folder with all the photos of like fucking 17 crime scenes of these girls that were just brutally murdered. And he's like, he he looks at him and he's like, why is that? And I, I didn't understand what he was saying. And then he kept asking, why is that? Why is that? To Albert Sparma. And then he literally reaches down and grabs his fucking junk. And he's like, why are you hard as a fucking rock right now? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's a deep turn. Like, that's a dark turn. Like, this guy is sexually aroused by these terrible photos of terrible crime scenes. But that's just Albert Sparma's character. He's a weirdo, a creep, a drifter. But, like, he doesn't at any point in this film make you realize like, oh, this guy didn't do it, but you never actually know if he did. So like the moral dilemma of these two cops and the main two characters in this film are Joe Deke Deacon um, and Jim Baxter played by Remy Malik. And Deacon already has been through the ringer. You know, his career is in a sense over. He's relaxing in a, you know, a deputy's uniform. But Jim Baxter is this young and up and coming, you know, hotshot detective who took Joe Deacon's spot and uh, everyone warned Jim Baxter do not get in bed with not literally but don't you know mess around with Joe Deacon don't follow his word or him as a person you'll end up like him you hear that so often through the first act of the film and what does he wind up doing he finds he's intrigued by Joe Deacon because Joe Deacon has a un conventional way of like going about crimes solving them carrying himself and like while this is going on after each like case continues to like pile up and more evidence is found Remy Malik's character Jim Baxter like he just at home with his wife and two daughters like he's just a zombie he literally just watches his daughters like play in the pool like staring at them not in a weird way but just like I have to solve murders of young women that could wind up being my daughters or my wife so like looking at them with like any other gaze or kind of kind of energy like would affect him you know what i'm saying like 
he's afraid of loving his wife and daughters because if he does, then he's afraid that they can be taken away just as fast as the victims that he's been trying to solve, the cases he's been trying to solve, the parents that he's had to talk to. Just a very, very well-portrayed um, aspect of that, an aspect of that life where, I mean, you're genuinely, you know, put in, you know, on the front lines of gruesome events with gruesome killings and terrible, you know, events regarding, you know, really fucked up victims getting, you know, the rape, the, the, the brutalization, the, just the overall aspect of this predator going around and just killing these women in very similar ways. Obviously there's a pattern and it's a sociopath, you know, serial killer. And they've been, they were like connecting the dots from previous cases to now. And, um, that's how Joe Deacon and Jim Baxter kind of had to connect on this case because Joe Deacon is fully convinced that the killer of Jim Baxter's case was some of uh, is responsible for some of the cases that you know he was the lead detective on back when he was a t- back when he was a detective, and I just really appreciated that aspect of Denzel Washington's character Joe Deacon trying to find redemption, but like he always he like he always kind of went about it as in. I know I won't be able to find it, but at least I can try and do some good. And if you listen to Joe Deacon, like, and Jim Baxter should have, like, he always was like, it's the little things that get you caught. It's the little things that start wearing at you. It's the little things that start chipping away at your fucking soul. And if you start letting that happen to you, you will end up like me. And Jim Baxter did. I don't want to like say too much along the plot line because I don't want to spoil the actual twist at the end that kind of like it's a, it's not a twist because like yeah, it's actually like more of a full circle moment correlating how similar Jim Baxter and Joe Deacon actually are and you appreciate that aspect of it but you also are like damn it Jim if you just heeded Joe Deacon's words you would be in a way different situation right now and it goes to that, and when it gets to that point in the film, towards the end of the film, you really just kind of get disgusted, in a sense. Not with Jim Baxter, but with maybe the world. The fact that this is how people can kind of deteriorate over time with stress and trauma. It's a it's a strange, strange thing, that is, for sure. But Remy Malek was was great. I actually really liked him in this movie. I I always have enjoyed him as an actor. Uh, Jared Leto was interesting. He was spotty, you know, here and there, you know, kind of a chubby, you know, older, you know, just drifter, you know, a hard blue collar worker, um, just going job to job, but he just looked weird. I feel like he was trying to do too much sometimes with his role, got a little carried away with some of like the mannerisms and I don't know, I, I didn't think he ruined the movie or anything, but I don't think he, like, elevated it to anything better, because he was supposed to be that creepy, you know, um, that that eerie factor of the movie where you don't have too many answers on them, but, you know, maybe it was the writing that kind of toned his character down and, like, not didn't really, like, complicate it or sophisticate his character much. I just didn't feel like he was as important as Joe Deacon and and Jim Baxter, you know, and obviously that's not what the movie intended it to be, but I just feel like I wish he had a bigger presence in the film, but not with what he was doing it as an actor as well, because like he was kind of, I don't know, it just felt bland, but it also felt like quirky sometimes. I'm not trying to like, I liked Jared, I like Jared Leto, he's a good actor, but I just, 
I don't think he knew entirely like which direction to go with like the creep vibes or just the silent, you know, I'm just staring at you or the the casual grin. I just feel like he brought way too much like I don't know, like maybe Blade Runner 2049 plus Joker and kind of like added it in together without like the obnoxious laughs and stuff, but like just genuinely more often than not, his mannerisms are really something that threw me off and just his bland tone. And I get it, you know, you're not supposed to show too much emotion if you're a serial killer or a sociopath, but I would have appreciated more um, identifying characteristics to Albert Sparma's character. I mean, I, I wish that, you know, Jerry Leto did him a little more of a justice, but because I feel like in these types of movies, like these are the types of performances that could really captivate you. Um, and draw you in and, you know, maybe even get a little bit of a nod for best supporting or something. Like, I don't know, like this movie could have been way better than it was for sure. I'm going to say that right now, like flat out, uh, the, the writing did suffer here and there. Um, but overall, Remy Malek and Denzel Washington carried this film, uh, getting into Remy Malek's character a little more. He, you know, like I said, young, hot gun detective, Young, you know, kind of a loose cannon, but he wants to solve the cases. He wants to find solutions and conclusions. Um, and then he gets introduced into Joe Deacon, you know, to, do, eh, to Joe Deacon's character, played by Denzel Washington, obviously, who, you know, kind of guides him and tries to put him in the right path and even tries to give him some hints and some pointers, maybe show him his way of doing, doing things a little bit, but... Um, Denzel Washington wasn't doing it for the police, you know, helping Jim Baxter. He wasn't doing it for Jim either. He was doing it, you know, kind of for a selfish reason, which you later find out in the film. And when you do, it's like, damn, like Denzel Washington, like actually takes, he plays a lead who was like good in the moment, but he's actually a pretty fucked up guy, you know, and he got lucky that, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, that moral dilemma of would you do a good thing for a bad person? Or like, would you do something good for someone who just did something terrible that just made the biggest mistake of their life? Would you, you know, help them get through it? Would you cover it up for them? Would you aid in a bet? I mean, there's those kind of questions. And then when that shit happens to you, do you expect the same? You know, it's one of those things where that really kind of hits the nail on the head for the whole tone of the movie especially with Jim Baxter's character, you know, you know, when he, when we, when the movie wraps up, you'll see what I mean by that. But Jim Baxter literally turned into Joe Deacon, like in his own way, but he did like, he didn't have to do all that extra shit, but he wanted to find the answer so bad. He was so curious, so intrigued, but also so convinced that Albert Sparma was the subject of investigation, prime suspect number one who potentially has dozens of kills of young women. And honestly, if you were, you know, by a guy that you genuinely believed and had honestly more often than not in this film beyond reasonable doubt that this guy was doing something with these girls, what would you do? You know, and I think Jim Baxter is an embodiment of like the naive, stubborn, but also good in the world. And then Joe Deacon was the embodiment of there's a middle ground, but you can lose so bad. And then Albert Sparmo was just the pure evil or creep in the the disgust of the world. And uh, everyone else kind of falls into their own categories. They're not a big cast. It really isn't. Um, like I said, Terry McKinney, you know, 
played Tim McManus in Oz, and then Chris Bowers, Detective Sal Rizzoli, um, Natalie Morales, Detective Jamie Estrada. But no big names, no big office, like, you know, screen-popping performances by, you know, the, the side actors and anything like that, besides Tim McManus being in the film. Um, now getting into some of the uh, critical consensus, like, little writings here on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes wall of the movie here. Um, Every moment is agitated by the volatility of 90s LA with a draw-dropping conclusion. I, yeah, maybe. Um, And that was from Jennifer Bissett. Um, This is by M.N. Miller. Uh, What exactly went wrong with Mr. Hancock's ode to 90s Hollywood crime thrillers? The Little Things is frustratingly bland. I can understand that side of the coin as well. This is from Keith Garlington. The Little Things proudly embraces its gritty neo-noir flavor while leaving the impression that the film could have been plucked right out of the early 1990s, back when crime thrillers were all the rave. This is from Josh Parham. The whole thing still falls victim to um, uninspired filmmaking choices that range from mundane cinematography and a dull, repetitive score. Okay. Um, And this is from Victoria Luxford. An interesting final act leads to a frustrating conclusion which sums up the small things habit of doing very little with a lot. This is according to Leah uh, Patch. Gradually warps into a genuinely gripping and unnervingly ambiguous thriller. I agree with that one. I agree with everything I've read, but like I would have it side on the side of honestly like a 7.58.5 out of 10. Somewhere in between those two numbers that I just gave you, that's where this movie genuinely belongs and honestly rates, in my opinion. Like I said, Denzel Washington carries the movie. Remy Malek has a really nice, really nice performance as well. Yeah, the score, now that I think about it, it was not memorable, you know? And I feel like that is something that really can drive a movie like this as well. Having that repetitive, like, eerie music, it's okay, but it just doesn't do it justice, especially when there's, like, a transition or a tempo change of the film. Uh, It just doesn't really, like, I guess it doesn't really inspire or, like, show that you're taking the attention to detail, you know, especially during the editing process. Um, But me personally, when I watched it, I've only seen this film one time. I do plan on watching it again. Um, You know, I enjoyed it. I had a really good watch with it. Caden and I had a good time. Me and Caden, we have a, we're massive fans of Denzel Washington. So I mean, you gotta take that with a grain of salt. Me and him are going to be biased on any Denzel movie, but this is one where he took lead, showed his range with character development as well as like his emotional range. Um, this isn't some action-packed thriller. It's uh, you know, it's a genuine mystery that you know you have to kind of ride along with Joe Deacon and Jim Baxter with and kind of be like, at the start, when they first meet each other, they're totally different. They don't get off on the right foot. But then Jim Baxter's like, oh, this guy, this guy's an OG. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. This is, uh, this is something I need to probably, you know, listen out, you know, hear, hear out, hear him out. Because in this line of work, and it showed this kind of like exclusively with Jim Baxter, it can wear on you. Joe Deacon's character, we're kind of left in the, you know, in the first, you know, maybe the first act and the middle part of the film. Um, We don't know anything about his past like that. 
and then we kind of get the glimpse uh, towards the end of the movie, which kind of is like, oh, that's why you were so cautious with Jim and telling him to do things certain, you know, certain ways and how to react and respond in certain ways as well, because you've been there. You've already done this. You've already gone through hell and your mistake. And you didn't want Jim to go through the same because, you know, he had, you know, he has kids and a wife, you know, just like you, but you don't see your kids. And it was, it was a, it was a very, very roller coastery ride for both these guys and their emotions. Um, Denzel Washington played a very, very well character that's like, honestly depressed, deprived, and like, lost a little bit. No, like, no purpose at this time, but he was able to find it when he, like, got that spark back to go do the right thing. And, you know, I feel like that's one thing about this movie that it showed very well. And I I would pass that along to people. I, I would recommend this to anyone. I genuinely would. I, I, I think any movie over a six is worth a watch, but obviously anything with Denzel Washington in it is worth the watch for sure. And if you haven't seen anything on this movie, definitely watch the trailer first. It kind of gives me uh, Zodiac or Prisoners types vibe. I don't know if you guys have seen those movies. Very eerie, kind of on the longer side, a big build up to the story, um, and just a really nice lead cast, you know, and, and that can carry a movie no matter what, but this movie should have been, you know, written better, probably, you know, better music added in there as well, but I think the story was okay. Uh, maybe the dialogue, like I was saying, write, you know, written different dialogue. Like, took a better approach to some of the side act- side characters, side actors and actresses and their writing. Their deliveries were a little rough here and there. Um, but other than that, I think that's all I can really say about this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it for the first time watching it. I know Caden you know, liked it as well. Shout out to Caden. Uh, we do have a couple more movie reviews coming out this week, uh, like Lord of War and Children of Men, so if you guys want to check those out, make sure you do so, stay tuned in, uh, make sure you're also following us on all of our social media platforms, at Tea Time Reports, on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Twitter, uh, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel, at Tea Time Reports as well, like we, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we appreciate all the support over here at Tea Time, it is, uh, you know, it's been a long year of work, and just putting in that grind, and you know, hopefully we'll start seeing it pay off even more. And, you know, just build on the community, getting more people to tune in and enjoy, you know, just some conversation. And that's that's what it's all about. It doesn't feel like a chore. It's not even a hobby. It's just a passion. And I think all of us over here share that. And we're just going to continue to have this grow. Because, you know, at the end of the day, what's, uh, what's the fun in succeeding if you're not succeeding with people you love and, you know, care about in depth? but also doing something that you're very passionate about with intent knowledge on certain subjects is something that can easily give you a little boost for sure. But uh, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for listening to the Little Things movie review. Greatly appreciated. Take care, everyone.